Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls alike, we're happy to be back here on the Subway Series podcast featuring Matt from Hoboken, no joking. We got the boys, Uncle Train, the big dog. There we go. Come on. That's what we call big dog burp. No one does it like the boy. Either way, we're happy to be here. You know what we do. And no, and folks, you know what we do. No one does it better. We're talking Mets. We're talking Yankees. Our third segment of the night is called, or of the morning, depending on what time you're listening to this, is called Freshly Baked Dookie Takes. Ladies and gents, it's a simple thing. You preheat the oven 375, you give it 15 minutes, you pop your dookie takes in the oven, you let it go. The reason we don't go above 375 is we don't want the top getting burnt, right? We want it freshly baked, nice and even throughout. You might be asking yourself, and you might be asking us, Uncle Train, what exactly is a freshly baked dookie take? Well, it's not a dookie cake, per se, but it is a take that we took early on in the season where we made some predictions of who would win the MVP, the Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, etc., etc. And we're now going to take a look just how shitty those takes were. And you got to be wondering, folks. What was, that? what was that segment called? Quick Predict Picks? Quick Predict Picks. I think that's what it was called earlier on in the season. It's a wonderful segment. Everyone knows it. Everyone loves it. And now this is, as you could call it, the follow-up to the Quick Predict Picks. It's Freshly Baked Doogie Takes. So without further ado, we're going to hit the fans with a little bit of Tommy Rowe, Sweet Pea, How You Doing, Boy Como. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk some Mets, shall we? Right off the bat, we're jumping into it head first. It's who we know and love, the boys from Flushing, Queens. The Metropolitans are firing on all cylinders right now. And let's start this off, Matthew from Hoboken, no joking, with a young boy by the name of Brett motherfucking Beatty. Folks, Big claps give it for up. the boy. Big claps for the boy. One of our top prospects, 22-year-old, young boy. You know we love those young boys. And tonight, he had his very first major league at-bat against the Braves, division rivals. And what did he do? Well, I'll tell you what he did. He had a big old-fashioned tater tot over the wall in right field, two-run jack for his very first at-bat in the bigs. That's something that you see very seldomly. I think last time little we saw fun, it in the... Mm, fun, fun fact. fact. Fun fact. Yeah. Uh, only He's the fifth Met to ever homer uh, in his first major league at bat. Was Mike Jacobs the last one? He sure was. And you know who was right before that? Was it Kaz? It sure was. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Kaz Matsui. Just a bunch of guys oh. who really panned out with their MLB careers. So. Oh, yeah. Those boys were absolute studs. I wanted to get a Mike Jacobs jersey for a while. And Kaz Matsui, he was my favorite player for a couple of years. I wanted to be a second baseman, just like Kaz. Yeah. And uh, 
It didn't really pan out. Doing this. I haven't even played second base in softball. So, Brett Beatty got the call up after Eduardo Escobar went on the 10-day IL with some oblique soreness, which you really hate to see. But wonderful to see the young boy stepping up in a big-time spot. We just dropped our last two against the Braves, which we're not really going to talk about that because the boys are just steamrolling right now. Last two games were a little bit of a blip. It's fine. Shit happens. We had some injuries. Both of our starters got injured, Carrasco and Taiwan Walker. So when your starters get injured like that, you can't expect to win those games. Neither here nor there. We're talking about the boys steamrolling right now. For one, Lindor is living up to the hype both with the bat and with the glove. I would actually, real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I feel like this is a good time for me to announce that I would like to make a public apology to the face of the New York Mets, Francisco Lindor. I was not pleased with him last year. I -hmm. don't think a lot of people were. Some people were like, you know, this might just be who he is. And folks, let me tell you, it was not who he is. The last 162 games are more... Mm -hmm. Of a resemblance of what his best years in Cleveland were. And he's really stepped up and earned the contract that they gave him this year. Yep. Um, he is tied for ninth in the major leagues in war uh, with four and a half for Folks. offensive. That's amazing. He's How about it? Great defense. And, you know, there will be some pessimistic Met fans who are like, oh, but what about all-star Andre Jimenez? Shut up. Come That's on. what I have to say. Shut the hell up. Nobody cares about Andre Jimenez. He's having a good year. But let me tell you something. I mean, you want to look at the nerd websites, this guy, even though he's like in the bottom 40% of whiff rate and the bottom 10% of chase rate, like he's really focusing. He's got good bat-to-ball skills. His K percentage is still somehow like over 50% when you look in like the percentile across the league. Ugh, His hard hit rate is terrible. It's under 50%. His average exit velocity, under 40%. There are a lot of advanced metrics that would say that this is not a sustainable season for Andres Jimenez. Have it a good year, but I don't want to hear about him anymore. Folks, okay? you, heard, you heard it here first. Matt from Hoboken is not taking, he's not entertaining any arguments. Come on, you shouldn't me? That young boy, get him out of here with this. Get him out of here. Yeah. I don't even want him and, in the conversation. And I know there's a lot of people who will say, like, you know, the RBI numbers don't matter, but the matter of the fact is, like... They do. We still want people to drive in runs and be productive. And I think having a better supporting cast around him this year has increased his ability to get yep. better numbers. But he's already got over 80 RBIs on the season. I believe he surpassed Jose Reyes for the most in a season by Mets shortstop already. It's only mid-August. Yep. Um, so shout out Francisco Lindor. I'm sorry for being a dick last year. Big ups to Frankie Lindy Hop on pace for over a hundo ribeye stakes. And also big ups for... Matt Huff from Hoboken, though, joking, for being a big man and understanding his faults, where he went wrong. He should have never doubted the Lindy Hop boy. But alas, here we, we are. That's self-growth. That, that's self-growth right there. And that's what we're all about here on this pod, recognizing your mistakes and owning up to it. That's how we do it. Beyond Lindor, all the boys, Starling the Darling Marte, he is providing that defense that we expected. And he's also bringing a direly needed speed to the lineup. He's also bringing a direly needed tight shirt and swagger 
You guys see him at the All-Star game where he was wearing like this crazy slim fit suit with no shirt no on shirt. underneath it. Yep. The man is a king. We yep, need he's that. Absolute king and unbelievable sense of style. Style that I didn't even know existed. I did not know you could go around in public wearing a suit with no <laughs> undershirt, just completely bare chested. If I knew you could do that and be considered a fashion icon, I would have been doing that years ago. But alas, that's why I'm not walking the red carpet, folks. You got to be wondering, and now you know. But Marte providing that speed on the base paths. You'll love to see it. Big Dick Pete is the stud that we know with the big meat that he has. He's swanging the big stick, speaking softly, as our wonderful president, FDR, once said. I think that was FDR, right? That was, I don't think that was him. It was Teddy, I think. Oh, Teddy. Wrong Roosevelt. The other Roosevelt. Oh, oh, oh FDR's brother, Teddy Roosevelt, of course. Yeah, TR. So, like I was saying... Alonzo is speaking softly, carrying a big old fucking stick. We now got DeGrom back, which the long-awaited return of the GOAT throwing 102 miles an hour like it's his goddamn day job, which it actually is his day job, so I'm glad that he's doing it. We got Scherzer, of course, firing on all cylinders as he does the cyborg himself. Edwin Diaz is back to his elite closer form, Arguably the best closer in baseball right now. He's absolutely untouchable. It's not, it's arguable. not arguable. Yeah, he can just tell, flat can out tell you is. Can tell you root for the team. It's it's not arguable. It's <laughs> not a debate. He's striking we're out not, like over fifty percent of the batters. We're not going to a debate on that undoubtedly, subject. Undoubtedly, actually not arguable whatsoever. Undoubtedly, the best closer in baseball. And what else did we do at the trade deadline? Well, we added a little bit of the depth, and I know people were clamoring for some additional bullpen depth, which we did not really do. But we did get some guys like Ty Ty Naquin, Darren Rough Rider Ruff, and Biggs Vogelback. A couple of boys that speak softly <coughs> carry a big old stick. Good job, Miguel. We acquired some dudes at a trade deadline who are just providing some extra depth with the bat. And these dudes, it's very targeted to like their pitching mat- matchups, right? Righty versus lefty, lefty versus righty, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And these are the strategic things that our newly revamped analytics department, I'm sure, had a part in. I think it's fair that a lot of people were really disappointed with the Mets trade deadline, especially it's like that's fair. You have Degrom, who has you know he's going to opt out after this year. We don't, mm-hmm. don't know what'll happen with him after that. You have Scherzer, who is like 39 years old. And on a short-term deal, like the window is kind of small. It's a win. It's a win now our, season. It's a win now right. season. Right. So you, you would think that the Mets would have like went out and like splurged on right. an impact bat, um, but I appreciate the fact that they also are trying to like they're trying to win, but they're also trying to like stack talent in the farm so that you could have sustainable success. Yeah. So can I ask a, a quick question? Ask away, Miguel. Said. Ask, ask away. What? So, Jacob DeGrom, let's say he stays healthy, pitches in the playoffs, you know, does what he does for however long the Mets go in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. What sort of contract is he getting if, if he opts out? Like, what is what does the contract look like for, for someone who has not recently shown the ability to stay healthy, mm-hmm. but when he does pitch is in a different league than everyone else. What does that contract look like for, for that player? 
I would say, like, DeGrom has probably... He's been the Mets for the past, you know, six years or so, probably since 2016. And you have a guy who is a Hall of Famer on the team already who makes $40 million annually. I think you have to at least offer him $41 million a year annually. So you're probably coming in around, like, five years like 205 million with an opt out after like the third season. So in case he wants to go and reset the market again, if he's successful in those three years, he can, or he could stay with the Mets for another two years and clean up an additional 80 million. So I would probably guess around five, 200 for a guy like that. So you're, you're not taking anything away based on the injury history with that sort of deal. Not in the scenario you gave where he stays healthy the rest of the season and he pitches like Jacob DeGrom. I think you have to... I think when you are the richest owner in baseball, you have to swing that around with... You gotta shell out. A multiple-time Cy Young winner and a guy who's shown he can pitch on the biggest of stages. So I think I think you have to do something like that. Yeah, and that's that's the interesting thing is when he is healthy... There's no question. It's not even a question that he is the best pitcher in baseball. I was at so, the game Saturday. It was absolutely disgusting. It's it's un- it it really it's it's unbelievable, and that's why if the Mets don't do it, somebody will. So he's he's going to get that monster contract from someone. So as a Mets fan, you got to argue. Well, why not us? You know, you got the richest owner in baseball. Again, I'm not a fan of it, but. You got the richest owner in baseball. I like that he's got to make the disclaimer after all he's the not, years. He's not a fan of it, but he is he's fawning over all of the acquisitions that have been made with purely money. Well, of course. Of over course. the last year. You get a little taste of the good life, and you know it, uh, it warps your mind a bit. But with that being said, he's going to get that, that monster offer for at least 40 mil a season from someone. Someone's going to give it to him. So... As the Mets ownership, I feel like you need to recognize that he's you know been a Met this long, his whole career, you know all the highlights. It's been in a Mets uniform. It would be so painful to see him in another uniform. And as the Mets ownership, that's something that you have to recognize. But granted, you know you see guys that you would would have expected to be, uh, you know Freddie Freeman type of characters who you would expect him to stay with the Braves. You know you can't imagine him in any uniform other than the Braves. And he's like you know what fuck it. I'm going to test the waters and ends up getting a sweeter offer from, from L.A. and ends up in a Dodgers uniform. So you really ne- you never know, but I would hope that the Mets can recognize and at least you know match whatever any other owner would offer. I have Where? a question. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Miguel. No, go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say, what would both of you guys say to part of a Mets fan base that is probably like, we can't pay DeGrom 40-plus million a year and Scherzer 40-plus million a year and Lindor 30-plus million a year because we have about eight free agents who are key players such as Brandon Nimmo, Edwin Diaz, Taiwan Walker, uh, Trevor May is going to be a free agent. Um, like You have a bunch of like key depth pieces, Chris Bassett, who have helped like this team get to where they are and have been key cogs. Um, but so like, what do you say to fans who are saying that you can't give DeGrom that kind of contract? It's tough. I feel like it's, it really is like a damn if you do, damn if you don't situation where if you say you got to let him walk because you could, you know, afford four players on, you know, just the money that you would be offering him 
four or five guys to, again, bolster the depth, all high-quality, above-average players. It's tough to look the other way in that situation, but at the same time, it's fucking DeGrom. It's the best pitcher of our generation. So the counterpoint to that is, how can you not give DeGrom the money? He's the best guy that's ever thrown a ball in the last 20 years. You know, I, I To me, it's, it's very much... Like that, that only is a problem if your owner lets it be a problem. Like if, Oh, you mean like the penny pincher in the Bronx, (laughs) the penny pincher, (laughs) just, just in general, like if, if it's going to hinder what they're willing to do to have another, you know, 40 plus million dollar contract on the books, then I could see the argument towards not doing it. But if it's not going to hinder that much and there's flexibility beyond that place, like, yeah. yeah, sign the best pitcher in, you know, in baseball by by a mile. Like it's, you know, why not do that? I think there are going to be teams lining up to to sign him if he can stay healthy through the remainder of the year. It's obviously a risky proposition, but um, you know, one that the Mets can afford to take. They're not really bogged down by even even if you were worried about that they're not really bogged down by long-term contracts right now. I mean, they have Lindor, but does anyone else really have like a long-term deal for them? Not Not really. Um, Yeah. You're going to want to sign Alonzo at some point, but like, I don't know. All good points. All good points. It's, it's a, it's a, a tough situation. All right. So the other thing I wanted to bring up is that one thing that does stand out from this year's Mets team that seems very different from previous years is that it's not the boom or bust team that it's been in the past. It is, as I like to call it, a scrappy bunch of dudes. Now, if you look at the overall team stats here, in terms of homers for the whole team, they're middle of the pack in the majors. But then you look at the other stats that I like to define scrappiness. So even though they're bottom tier in stolen bases, so they're not necessarily the fastest team in the league, they are tied for fifth in triples. They are fifth in ribeyes, fifth in average, and they got the fourth lowest number of strikeouts of any team in the majors. So based on those stats, this is a team that they're grinding out at bats. They're legging it out for that extra base, rounding second going to third. Again, they're not mashing the ball over the fence. They're not like the Yanks. They're not like the Dodgers. They're not like the Braves in that sense. But... They're a scrappy team, which in the past, this has been the kind of thing that has beaten us, especially from a defensive standpoint. We saw it in 2015 against the Royals. That's can a team. I, can I ask a, a quick question? You can ask a quick question. What you're making? Sure. Does, does that like idea that they're not one of the elite power hitting teams in the league worry you come October. Murphy carried us in 2015, you know, those eight games in a row where he hit homers every single game. It was a very boomer bust kind of team. You see the boomer bust shit break teams like the Yanks a couple of years ago, right? If you're not hitting the home run, you're not hitting the long ball, you're striking out every other at bat, you're not going to advance. So when you have a boom kind of team, and you're relying on that long ball, you're going to see yourself lose a lot of critical games when you're just not on. And and especially when you're facing pitchers like DeGrom and Scherzer and Bassett as a top three in a postseason, 
if you're facing a boomer bust team, I like the odds that we have in being so, able to pitch around those guys, KM. And on the flip side, we have a team that is the exact opposite of that, which, like I said, is a bunch of scrappy dudes. Mike? So what you, what you just said at the end there is the reason I asked the question is because you guys won't have to face DeGrom and Scherzer, but let's say you get to the World Series and you're facing Verlander and Framber Valdez. Yeah, sure. I think that's, I think that's where the home runs do, do play a big role because stringing together hits against those types which, of guys is which Which, which, a which is a fair point. A fair point, but... At the same time, this isn't a team that's bottom of the barrel in home runs, right? They're middle of the pack. They're, they're I think, sitting at 15th overall in terms of homers. So you guys get, you get, you have guys like Alonzo, Lindor, Marte, who has two homers tonight. You know, these are dudes who, yeah, they can mash the fucking ball. So it's not, we're not the same exact team as that 2015 Royals squad where no one's hitting more than 22 homers. You got three, four guys on the squad who are hitting over 25. So, yeah, well, I think we do have the power when we need it, but we also have guys like McNeil, Nimmo, who are hustling every friggin' play, legging it out for that extra base. Which, again, there's something that just, there's something different about this team where there's not one single thing that stands out as a gaping hole in the squad. There are no gaping holes is, on this is the bullpen, messy squad. Is the bullpen innings six through eight? not a gaping hole to you? I I wouldn't say a gaping hole. I wouldn't say they're elite. I don't think we have any of those, you know, long relievers this year that can, if your, you know, starter gets pulled in the fifth, I'm I'm not extremely comfortable, you know, like I am if I have, like, the Dodgers pen, you know, or the Yanks pen. Different scenario, of course. But guys like Adovino, you know, have been stepping up lately, pitching some lights-out innings. And then... At the very end of the game, if you can leg it out to that, you got Edwin Diaz, who, like we said, is the best closer in baseball. So I wouldn't say the bullpen is a gaping hole. I wouldn't say it's elite. But at the same time, I don't think, you know, you can't expect every single aspect of your team to be 100% elite 100% of the time. I, I also think the other thing in the playoffs is that teams get creative about how they use their pitching oh, yeah. staffs. I mean, mm-hmm. Boston, Boston in 2018 goes in with, not a great bullpen, and then they have Valdi throwing, you know, five innings of relief in yep. in a World Series game. The 2019 Nationals had no bullpen whatsoever, bless you. Um, and you know, they use basically like three starters and two relievers to navigate a postseason. So <clears throat> I'm with you. It, it's um, yeah. I do think that they can uh, they can make a run. I, I was just curious the uh, the thoughts on and those so, and, types of, and, of and questions. S- some guys like Spencer Strider on the Braves have called us quote lucky, saying that we get a bunch of lucky hits. And of course, that was after he got tagged for four runs in under it was like two and a third or something like that. Um, but instead of lucky, I like to call it scrappy. The boys are putting the ball in play. They're running hard. I can't hard. believe you guys lost the game to him after he said that. That's fine. I, home game, home game. You never know. I was surprised I would have bet a lot of money that they they would win. Well, that, that was that that, that that was the game that Carrasco would have got. He was injured right. after True. the you know after the first. So True. There's a method to the madness, folks. So overall, the boys seem to be fucking rolling. Last thing I'll say, Buck Show Walter. I mean, knock if you buck, and goddamn, having a manager who is not constantly in the news for making some stupid in-game managerial blunder 
is something that I'm taking for granted right now because we have had our fair share of shitty managers, young managers in the past few years, like Callaway, and just to have a guy, like Matt from Hoboken said earlier uh, on our call, just to have a guy who isn't sending dick pics is nice. But to have a dude who's got the experience and is just calm, cool, and collected, except when he likes to get heated, it's a beautiful thing. And I feel like we got that cohesive unit this year. You got to be feeling good if you're a Mets fan. That's all I'm going to say. Hoboken, any any last words? Uh, no, feeling good. And they're having a bounce back night against the Braves tonight. After the first two games, they were a little rough. Um, a little you know, Darren, Darren rough, if you will. Little Darren rough. Uh, and it's Other- just good to know, like that if you're ever on some sort of snide, like with this team, that you then have Scherzer and DeGrom pitching back-to-back to pick you up and kind of put you right back on track. It's so. a beautiful thing, folks, let me tell you. Good time to be a Mets fan. Not many people have that luxury. And I would say that the big dog with his team in the Bronx definitely does not have that luxury. Gary Kolsch, thanks to Big Farts. But we'll talk about the next segment. Folks, onward and upward, I believe it is time to hit you with a word from our sponsors. They say a man should always dress for the job he wants. So why am I dressed up like a pirate in this restaurant? It's all because some hacker stole my identity. Now I'm in here every evening serving chatter and iced tea. Should have gone to freecreditreport.com. Yeehaw, I could have seen this coming at me like an atom bomb. They monitor your credit and send you email alerts so that you don't up selling fish to Taurus and t-shirts. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's freecreditreport.com. What are you going to get from them? Well, I'll tell you. It's a free credit report. What more can you ask for for Christmas other than a free credit report? Well, I'll tell you what more you can ask for. It's probably the head struck, but we're not covering that commercial today. We're covering freecreditreport.com. Santa is stocking oh, your shit. stuffing. I gotta, I gotta mute my <laughs> shit. Stocking your stuffing. Santa is stocking your stuffing and stuffing your stocking. Santa is flying around on his sleigh, delivering free credit reports to every good little boy every and girl. every good boy and girl is getting a free credit report. What the, like what the fuck can you say about a fucking credit score website? Stupid ass commercial. Fuck it. All right. Well, Trash they, it. That's why they had that jingle. They needed to, uh, you know. F-R-E-E, that spells free. Dookiecake.com, baby. That's what we could use. It's a free dookiecake.com. You log on. Yeah, you provide your email address. You get added to our mailing list. And every, the first Monday of every month, you know, everyone gets a case of the Mondays. And what's going to cheer you up other than... A free, good old-fashioned, freshly baked dookie cake. There are very few things in this world that could boost your spirits on a Monday than a dookie cake. And that's where we're ending this commercial. Folks, God bless. Big dog, I think it's time to talk about the Bronx Bombers. Or should I say, the Bronx stank a big old-fashioned fucking duke in the back of the pantaloons running down your leg. God almighty, does this team stink. Since the All-Star break, the Bronx Bombers have gone from a what you would think as an unbeatable team to 
quite quite a beatable team. Big Dog, tell me your thoughts on the Stankies right now, because I'll tell you they're Stanky big dudes in the back of the pantaloon. What's your take on the current sitch over in the Bronx? Oh, my take is they suck. Um, short and simple, they they suck. Uh, it's so funny that they, they could suck and still be like nine games yeah, ahead I mean, in the AL East. They, there's kind of a few things going on, right? You got to take a step back and realize that they suck, which they do. They've lost yep. 11 to 13. Since the All-Star break, they've been absolute trash. Um, there's there's no doubt about that. I think if you're saying anything different, you're lying to yourself, and you probably haven't been watching the games. How about they're it? Eight, they're 8-17 eight and 17 since the All-Star break. They will probably oh. move to 8-18 eight and 18 since the All-Star break after they lose tonight. Don't expect oh, them to uh, come back, they unfortunately. Stink. They just don't seem to have that um, that magic that they had earlier in the year where you kind of believed, like, eh, they're going into the ninth down two. They're going to put the uh, the winning run up to bat, and uh, we're going to see if they get it done. Hasn't felt like that. Um, so I think you, you take a look at what's what's gone wrong because the, the first half Yankees were on a historic pace. They yep. looked like they could win potentially 120 games, set Unreal. the record. Untouchable. Um, you know, after a, a questionable offseason, it was seeming like, you know, everything was, was going the right way. They were playing much better defense. Um, yep. You know they were they were just getting the big hits. They were pitching well. They were um, fire, they firing on all cylinders. They really firing were. on all cylinders. I mean, you had breakouts from like Michael King, who is, you know, one of the best relievers in baseball. I, I think he had at the time of his injury, uh, you know, the highest WAR for a reliever in the sport. So, um, you know, to lose a guy like that who could come in and give you two to three dominant innings every yeah. time is just invaluable. Um, so they've dealt with injuries, uh, you know, King going down, Severino going down, Stanton's hurt, Rizzo missed five games, LeMahieu's missing games, Carpenter's out, you know, for six to eight weeks. So that that's number one, right? They got to get healthy. Um, number two is mm-hmm. the pitching staff has uh, got to bounce back to what it was. They did acquire uh, Frankie Montas. Yeah. Um, and, and the last time through the rotation, they've been better, but it, it it's not like that stretch that they were on earlier where they went for like a month and the starters are giving them like six to eight innings every single time out which is on um, which is it's that's not sustainable right it wasn't but, sustainable but, but still you would expect if the starters are you know shanking the big old-fashioned dookies in the back of the pantaloons then at least the pen would you know come in and save them but right and speaking of the pen you know we talked about michael king going down clay holmes has what's going on with clay himself. holmes what the hell is you going know? on with him because he was one of the top relievers in the first half and he has been stanking the biggest farts imaginable. Yeah, um, some speculation that maybe this injury that he just went on the IL with uh, might have been affecting him. Um, his his release point and arm angle changed, uh, coinciding with interesting the kind of downturn in his season. You know, maybe they take this next 15 days to get him right i mean you can only hope so as a uh as a yankee fan uh because not having him to close it down at the end of games has has changed things quite a bit um so yeah the bullpen now you know it was once like a strength and easily like the best bullpen in baseball is now a major question mark um and then i think my biggest issue what's your biggest issue i'll give them a little bit of credit uh as of today, they they fixed this a little bit. But in my opinion, 
they organizationally, and this is not about the players, this is about the organization and how they were acting, mm-hmm. were not putting their best fo- foot forward in trying to win baseball games, which is a what crazy you, thing to say. What, what, what do you mean by that? I'll explain what I mean by that. They don't have their 26 best players on the roster, or at least they didn't as of... I mean, I still don't think they do, but they really didn't as of, like, yesterday. So last last weekend, they're playing a game against the Mariners, okay? Yeah. They have a couple men on base. Starter's given a pretty good outing, and they couple, put in, a, cu- a, cu- a couple of ducks on the pond, if you will. They put in Albert Abreu. Now, Albert Abreu, who they traded in the offseason for Jose Trevino, who has turned into a stud, but... <laughs> At the time, not not thought to be a big move, and who has since been DFA'd by the Texas Rangers and the Kansas City Royals. Oh, okay? Jesus Christ. Thank you, Poo if you will. Now, also, uh, one thing that Albert Abreu stinks at, if you look at his numbers, is... Is, ba- is baseball. <laughs> is, pitching, is pitching with inherited runners on base. Mm. So they put this guy in, and down in the farm is... Delaware fighting blue hen Ron Marinaccio represent who, baby who had Top given up legend. who had given up one run in his last 22 and a third innings pitched and had a streak earlier in the year that was like historic where he he didn't give up a hit in like 53 batters or so he's a blue crazy he's, like he's a he's a blue hen stud is what you're saying so so to not have him on the roster in in favor of Albert Abreu is a crime it's it's just it's it doesn't make sense if you are really trying to be serious about winning baseball games. I got Stank. a question though, Miguel. Uh, does Albert Abreu mm. does he have any options? Uh, well, that's what it comes down Brian to. Brian Cashman absolutely loves options. Oh, he's like a, oh boy. Scranton shuttle, baby. Come on. The key word is options. <laughs> they they feel, oh ha- oh penny pin- penny pinch and how? <laughs> <laughs> they feel I think that you know they they can't afford to give up the depth of, of a guy like that and then have one of these other guys get hurt and, you know, now you see Holmes. Who would they put in there instead? I think not having Marinaccio and Clark Schmidt on the roster is absolutely Marinaccio. It just doesn't make any sense. It's actually my favorite kind of pasta, Marinaccio. And, and I'm going to go, I'm going to be pretty harsh here when I say that uh, doing things like that is a, is a, it's a it loser mentality. Going. It's just a loser mentality. Wow. Okay, so the big dog, you got to be wondering, uh, and the fans listening, let's make a point of this. The big dog is calling his own team a bunch of fucking losers. I'm calling the organizational mentality right now a loser mentality. Wow. That has has changed a little bit in the last 24 hours by calling up Marinaccio and Oswaldo Cabrera. Marinaccio. Miguel, I got a question for you. Yep. Do you feel that the fact that they started off so incredibly hot for the first half of the season and got out to like a 15-game lead over the second-place team led the front office to get like a little, a little too comfortable and take their foot yeah. off the gas pedal in terms of the moves they made and yes, that's what's leading into this lull? A hundred percent. I mean, that, wow. that goes into what I'm saying, which is that they are looking at this and they see a big lead and lucky for them, Toronto has not played well during this stretch where they've played poorly. Boba shit fucking sucks. 
He fucking stinks. <laughs> and it's they outrageous. Look at the, they Sorry, look go at on, the standings and and see that they're you know they played awful for like a while now. Um, you know, especially the last two weeks, they've really played terribly. I think they've lost like eleven of their last thirteen, Ooh. and somehow they're still up nine games because the other teams are not taking advantage of it. Well, uh, uh, the, uh, think, the the don't sleep on the O's. Do not fucking sleep on the Baltimore I, Orioles, America's I'm sweetheart. I'm America, said, America's I sweetheart. I just said the other team, so I'm not sleeping on anyone actually. But um, I just think that when when they're looking at it, they're giving themselves a runway to get healthy, get right, and they think mm. that they could turn it on come come September, and uh, you know revert back to a team that looks like they would have a real shot at winning the World Series. I don't. It like sounds it. like a team who doesn't believe in momentum. I, yeah, I mean, I just don't. I don't like it. I don't think it's. Um, you don't like it, nor do you love a, love to have it. You don't yeah. like it. You don't like it. You don't love it, nor do you gotta have it. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So that's what I think. I, I think if you want to spin it positively, they'll hopefully be healthier come September. Um, Would be nice. Would be nice. They. This isn't the team that you're seeing right now is not the team that they plan on going into October with. If, if you want to spin it positively and feel like maybe they're going to flip the switch, you should get Stanton back soon. You know, LeMahieu's hopefully back in the lineup tomorrow. Should get Harrison Bader back. Oh, Bader, come on. <laughs> oh, wow. Great trade. Well, what, 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 well, just made a catch that Aaron Hicks would never make in his life. What if you um, want to so, spin it? What if you want to spin it negatively? What does that look like? I already spun it negatively. Well, that wasn't <laughs> a spin. That was just I, it. I, I think the, the negative spin is, you know, at some point you got to snap out of this. You can't afford to, to blow this division. And, and I think, well, as Olton said, like, you got you to gotta put your, your foot on the gas pedal because home field advantage is very important to what Critical. they could, yep. could or could not do in, uh, in yep. October. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? It, it is, as I said, this isn't the team that they'll put out there in October. Um, you know, hopefully at some point soon they snap out of this. And we're going to see what happens. I mean, the other positives, Aaron Judge is the best player in baseball. It's unbelievable. Um, he really, it's insane. He, it's it's not even really all that close right now. Um, he's having one of the best offensive seasons we've ever seen, and I don't even think that's hyperbole. As as a Yankee fan, he's got forty six home runs, hundred ribeyes, and it's the middle of August, and that's after he's been like slumping for like a few days. Uh, he unfortunately right now is not getting any pitches to hit because everyone's like, oh, we're not going to pitch to this guy when Stanton's out of the lineup, when Carpenter's not there anymore, when mm-hmm. Rizzo's not playing for five games. Like, we're not pitching to this guy when his protection is you know, Glaber Torres. So that that's just the realistic truth. Um, but he's having a great year. I, I would hand him hand them a blank check and say, please, you know, stay stay long term. Be the face of the franchise. Be the next captain. Uh, he it was a mistake not not signing him. Big mistake. Um, Big mistake. But he bet on himself, and and he should be happy about that because he's a fucking stud. Um, and uh, oh, just hearing hearing the the deflated tone of the big dog really <laughs> is music to my ears. It's one it's, of the most beautiful sounding things I've ever heard in my life. It's also insane because they are still up nine games. Of course. You know, of course. Like, and if you had told me, hey, you know, before the season, 
August 17th, they're going to be up nine games. I'd be like, yeah, where could I sign on a dotted line for that outcome? You know, it's like, but, but expectations change when you've seen what you've seen and you see how, how good the team could be when, when things are clicking correctly. I think going back to our conversation about the Mets, the Yankees are a different team than what they've gone into past Octobers with. So if they could get there and be on a roll, they have a, a versatile lineup that has the power, but also has like the Benintendis now that put the mm-hmm. ball in play. Mm-hmm. And Rizzo yeah. who puts the ball in play. Um, you know, is that going to make a difference? Uh, their starting rotation, if they can get it healthy, <laughs> right? Again, like we're talking about getting healthy. Could yep, they get yep, there? Yep. You're going to go in with Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, Frankie Montas, and Nestor Cortez. I mean, that's a really good one through four. I don't know if you're going to go in that order, but that's a really good one through four. Yeah. Um, so there's still something to dream on, but right now things look pretty bleak. I'm not going to lie. It has not yeah. been fun watching the last two weeks. Um, you know, it's just... Well, uh, it's, it's been just wa- it's been wonderful of, for us, if, if that means yeah, I'm anything. Yeah, sure it has been. It's just like it's miserable for me to look up at the scoreboard every night and see that the Mets have uh, have played a good game in our world. Well, you know, it's just... Uh, it's a yeah. juxtaposition of human emotion, and that is a beautiful or ugly thing depending on how you're looking at it that was really well, poetic of you I like that was that. that that was nice well regardless what? of how you regardless of how you look at it that's baseball susan that's what it comes down to Here, here's what i would like to know and i we, we don't have to drag the segment out too much longer olton what is your take on if this team can snap out of this and if the, potentially make a run in october if the yankees can snap out of it um yep. i think we have seen enough of a sample size of what this team can be this season to know that they can snap out of it once they get like those core pieces of personnel back like I think having Stanton's bat in the lineup consistently will be huge like getting the anchor back and Clay Holmes back will be huge um and you know now that you're letting some of the young guys like kind of revitalize this lineup um I think we could see a potential turnaround. I do want to say that I think we had discussed this earlier in the season when we were like talking trade um, in fantasy Love about how trade. like you had you had the entire Yankees rotation and how they were just like dominant. <laughs> but we're like, I'm like looking at all the advanced stats and I'm saying like three of these guys are set to come down to earth very shortly. You're looking at baseball like, savant. There's a lot of blue. There was a lot. Of, there was Monty, a lot of blue. Yeah. Monty and Tyone basically were like the two. Not not Nestor. Nestor was pitching no, as Nestor's, you would expect. Nestor's baseball savant stats are like oh the molester, like an elite yeah. pitcher. It's kind but, of insane. But like when you know maybe forty percent of your rotation yeah. is pitching out of their minds compared to what you would expect or like what their career has shown. Um, I think that falsely elevates expectations for a rotation mm. that in the offseason we all said they didn't do enough to bolster their rotation when you had guys like Gaussman or Robbie Ray that didn't really sign for like obnoxious contracts that couldn't yep. be handled by the Yankees. Yeah. Um, yeah, like imagine so, imagine Penny Pinch and Hal just shelled out for uh, for a guy like Robbie Ray. 
Yeah, he's well, digging think, around, think, looking for change in his couch cushions. Couldn't he, find it for Robbie yeah, Ray yeah, or Gaussman. I think, I think what's amazing to, to think about is, like, the one pitcher that they were connected to in the offseason from a free agent standpoint was Verlander. Verlander, yeah. And if they had had Verlander and Cole and what Sevy was doing, like... I'm, I'm tired of hearing Nestor, of, of Severino. It's just, I mean... I mean, Severino but, was great when he was yeah, pitching. Yeah, he's good. I, 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 yeah, but we have the same fucking conversation every single season. Yeah, that's fair. I, the same conversation. But, but, but to your I know, point, you, you told to me your that point, I was acting like he was going to win the Cy Young at, at the, right. <laughs> in the preseason. To your, comparing him to your love for Cindergard. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is now an arch nemesis of the Metropolitan. Yeah, baby. But, but make a long um, story short. Yes, I think they could turn it around. They have good yep. defense. Their pitching has potential. They could get some pieces back in the lineup. Do I think they're going to turn it around and win the World Series? <laughs> eh. But they definitely can. Fair. They can. Me. But um, health, health, shall, health, it seems say. to always be the question mark. With, with, with so, any team. I mean, with any, with any, any team. That's baseball, Susan. That's motherfucking baseball, Susan. It's about who gets in. Yep, who's hot. Coming into the postseason, we've seen teams, you know, cool off a bit, a little too much of a break. Never know what happens. So with that, we're going to hit you with a little advertisement. What is it? A word from our sponsors. Creditreport.com, baby. Saw their ads on my TV. Thought about going, but was too lazy. Now, instead of looking, sticking out the vinyl in my pocket, getting laughed at. Fast spells free. Credit report, baby. Arthur replies and rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, it is freecreditreport.com. We're back with another advertisement telling you about the free credit reports that you can get from freecreditreport.com. Baby. And that sort of thing is my bag. Folks, it's Santa Claus, and he's taking a big old duke. So if you want any presents, you got it right to him. Free credit report. That's the thing that you can't forget, is that Santa Claus is not only coming with presents for all the good girls and boys out there, but he's also giving them a free credit report. Just to see what (laughs) Sally from North Dakota's credit score is. You gotta be wondering, she's nine years old, she has never had her own credit card. Dude... If you don't have a credit, like, what was your credit score before you had a credit card? Which is NA, or was it zero, or was it perfect? I would assume NA. Do you have to be 18 to have a credit card? Because I feel like you got some of those, like, I didn't get a credit card until I was in college, until I was 18, but I feel like you have some of those young geniuses who, you know, have their own, like, hedge funds and shit when they're Oh, like 15. Young Sheldon. I fucking hate that show. <laughs> I fucking hate that show. Big Bang... Let me just say, is undoubtedly the stupidest show on television. I would like to give a big shout out to my buddy Fink. He loves the show. It's one of his favorites. And (laughs) he is such a smart, bright, good dude. And for whatever reason, he loves the Big Bang Theory. It's one of... Think. It's one of I mean, the stupidest fair, shows on television. People, a lot of people love the Big Bang Oh, Theory. it's yeah, but a lot of America is fucking retarded. So yeah, <laughs> I get it. I'm, that, that doesn't mean it's a good show. A lot of people love Deal or No Deal, which nothing against Howie Mandel, but how many times can you watch these models open up the fucking suitcases? I mean, come on. That's no. That's a no. No deal, Howie. No deal. 
So with that, freakreport.com. If you want to do it, I don't even I don't even know if the website still runs. But I, I did a quick uh, web search about the band. Oh, the freakreport.com band. Yeah, I found a a great article by the Miami New Times. Oh, classic arch, arch rival of the Miami Herald. Yeah, exactly. And they said, hopefully, you didn't actually get snowed into signing up for the site for which the free credit report guy shilled, which, of course, starts charging a recurring monthly service fee if you yeah. got to cancel the trial. Bunch yeah. of scammers. And apparently, he's a 29... Well, this was actually 12 years ago, but he was 29 years old 12 years ago. Quebecois named Eric Violette, who is a classical music enthusiast. So. Oh, shit. Okay. Well... Eric Violet, je ne sais pas. I hope you're doing well. Um, but I got to tell you, your catchy jingle, I understand you're into classical music and you probably understand music theory and what's catchy to people and what makes you know radio hits, but you probably duped inadvertently a lot of good people in America. So you hate to see it, but you got to love it. And you also have to suck it. So without further ado, we're going to move on to the next uh, thing. Whatever. I don't know. Ad's over. Trash it. <laughs> All right. I would like to acknowledge what I said during the advertisement portion of the second ad of this episode. I am embarrassed to say that I had a scorching hot take about Deal or No Deal and how you can't watch it too many times. I said, No Deal, Howie. I would like to personally apologize to Howie Mandel and all of the models on Deal or No Deal. It's a wonderful show. I used to watch it, you know, not religiously, but when it was on, I, you know, I'd flip it on. Actually, fuck that. It's a dumb fucking show. So that was a fake apology. Fake apology. I rescind my apology and I stand by my earlier comments. I will say, No Deal Howie, the hour-long episodes are too much. We're, we're moving on to the third segment of the night. It's called Freshly Baked Dookie Takes. Yes, you heard that right. We're not talking dookie cakes. We're talking dookie takes tonight. And we're exposing some of the shit predictions, quick predict, pick shits, if you will, from earlier in our podcast season. I don't remember what they were. Matt, did you write them down? Or Big Dog, do you, you know what our predictions were and just how shitty they were so we could yell at our at our past selves for taking some of these? My, uh, my worst take at the beginning of the year was that uh, we were going to forget about Luis Castillo being this uh, major trade asset that he was uh-huh. going to fall off um, and that there wasn't going to be much there. And, wow, could not have been more wrong. He... Uh, not only was he like the most prized uh, pitcher at the deadline, he was a source of uh, a lot of a lot of uh, angry Yankee fans when we didn't trade for him. Mm. The package that was given up for him was considered by a lot of sites and you know to be an, a big time overpay. And at the end of the day, he has been absolutely electric uh, yep. since he went over there. He's been having a great year. And uh, that's the type of take that makes it onto the segment. Dookie takes. It's the reason for the segment. And you know what? It takes a big person to admit that they were wrong. <laughs> what, the hell? what other shit takes do we have? All of them were probably shit. Most of them. 
I think when we did realistic, a real big duty stick. A classic. I said, I said that Shohei would win back to back MVPs, and I said that was realistic. But then when we did, when we did our quick predict picks, I said that Vlad was going to win the AL MVP. So just zero for two, and pretty inconsistent of me. So hand up. That's on me. I, I don't but you, think it's out of the question that Shohei wins MVP. I just it's out of the question. It's not out of the question. Well, it's it's because Judge it's is having such a good year. It's Mikey's easy. trying to RJ. No, I, I just think that there's Trying a, to protect Judge's MVP by well, saying it's not a lot. It's I a lot. think that there are a lot of people out there who would argue the side of it that's like this guy is pitching and hitting at a pretty elite like in, in yeah, a pretty elite fair. in a pretty elite way on both sides of the ball and like that's just not really matchable by a position player but the one thing that I, would lean me to think that right now judge would win pretty handily is that his war is still above him even if you combine the offensive mm. and pitching numbers so yeah, yeah. when you do that i just don't think that you can automatically give it to someone um just because they do that, but if you want to make that argument, it's not. It is. The Yankees are good, and the Angels stink. I know, so. but I, I, I honestly think that there's some. Uh, there's, there's an some argument to be made. Bias in these awards. Uh, I really, think it's hard. I do. Yes, that's the way it, it comes off to me. Um, I think that's a load of Duke, but <laughs> that's, that's you know, fine. you understand a lot of Duke. Uh, Mike, yeah, you're still bitter about Miggy Duty Cake not getting the Rookie of the Year a couple years ago. <laughs> well, oh, Miggy, well, oh, Miggy Andy. Well, Judge should have <laughs> yeah. won. Judge should have won MVP in 2017, and he didn't get it. His stats were better than Altuve's, even. And you know, we know what the Astros were doing now, but even then, he should have won the MVP that year. Wait, why didn't I say Miguel and Duke Car? <laughs> oh, the Duke man. Should have just said that first. Yeah, Would have been better, but say la vie. You you, you got to live with your mistakes. Just like how, just like how the big dog lives with the mistake of of of, of doubting Luis Castillo. We've ever done in the <laughs> pod history. It's, it's, it's not awful. good. It's not we, good. I told you we needed time to listen to the segments and well, like, put them into so, this. Matt, sometimes you just don't have time. Time is what everyone needs, but sometimes you just don't have it. And That's what happens when we decide at four p.m. that we might do the pod at night. And then we push it back from 7.45 to 8.45 because the and big I, dog's got to eat I a couple hot dogs. And I said I didn't <laughs> want to be on the phone for two hours, and now we're hovering around three hours. And then i got to spend another <laughs> fucking two hours editing this shit and uploading it, so, you know. I'm going to go back to work. Let's Come wrap on. it up. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. What else? I don't even know if there's anything else. Who gives a shit? Even if we had anything else, doesn't even matter. We all of our takes the are. the train was off the tracks for all. Oh the well, things. one. So one. One big shout out to Frat. Hoboken, no joking. You did pick the Sandman, for NL Cy Young, which was I a great pick. Thank you. We do not have a ton of uh, accurate takes, and that was a take that turned out to be very accurate. So well done on Sandy Alcantara, the Sandman. As the NL Cy Young pick. That's big time. Um, all right. Fuck it. I don't know. I got nothing else. Who gives a shit? It's been fun. It's been fun, guys. It's been real. It's been fun. It has been real fun. And to our listeners, if you're still listening at this point in the podcast, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> it really is unbelievable. This is one of the least put together, most out of control, rambling, sacks of Duke podcasts out there. But folks... 
Some, uh, some may say, that's why it makes us such a lovable bunch. And you gotta be wondering. But, whether you're wondering or not, alright, that's all I got. I don't know. Wait, I, I need to plug something real quick for our followers. Go ahead. Um, if you're not already, even though you should be, head over to the old Twitter machine and follow at train underscore big dog because I got the password back to the account. And we're <laughs> after tweeting two again. years. After, two, after years. two years, we got the, the password back and we're firing <laughs> off tweets. Unfortunately, Reggie, Jack, Reggie Jackson's not following us. <laughs> Arrivederci. We're, we're going to be working hard to get Reggie Jackson back on our follower list. <laughs> he probably accidentally followed us, and then when you tweeted at him, he was like, why did I follow these absolute idiots? And then unfollowed <laughs> us. <laughs> oh, one thing I was going to talk about, and I forgot how I was going to connect it or bring it up, was the fact that, I don't know why... No, it wasn't. The, it wasn't the Howie Mandel special. It was, for some reason, I was gonna bring up why. Whenever I I I go into the shower and I see that the soap is down to like a tiny little nub, and then you get so frustrated, like oh this tiny fucking little piece of shit, tiny soap. I gotta get a new one when I get out, and I will go like eight days forgetting every single time by the time I get out of the shower I get distracted with something like I see myself in the mirror or like I'll put on deodorant and I'll go a full eight days without replacing the bar of soap in the fridge not in the fridge in in the fridge oh I do bar no I read something about how body wash gives you cancer and I I haven't gone back yeah that was like 10 years ago I know I'm a bar guy I'm a bar guy it's in the name come on Alt, Alt is 100% a body wash guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm a body wash guy. But, oh, my but I gosh. But I also don't want cancer, so do I have to stop using it? Think about it. No, they have they have uh, some, like, carcinogens or something in there. You don't want that. Well, so does the air. Yeah, no, like, it, like, like clo- it, it clogs up your pores and shit. It's like, like if you use antiperspirant deodorant, switch over. Get regular deodorant because the antiperspirant, I know you don't want to sweat, but... Clogging up your pores, dude. Is... I'll be pitted in thirty seconds. No, 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 no. It's not. So, you want me just to have so nasty, pitted, so pitted, dark pits? Except the pits. Start wearing white. Start wearing white yeah. t-shirts. My shorts are too tight to be getting pitted. Like it'll well, be maybe, down my side. And maybe what you need to do is pull a Luke Voigt getting traded to the Nats and up your shirt size. To like a double XL because that's what you Luke Boyd has done. Loose shirts, that's yeah. against my whole being. If there are three principles of Matt from Hoboken, No Joking's life, it is number one, tightest shirt possible. Number two, as a child, you wear the gold cross chain. And number, <laughs> thir- and number three, you use body wash, never bars of soap. Those are the three principles. Never bars. <laughs> He's an anti. This is this is. I would like to let it be known. This is not an anti-barred soap podcast. We are very pro barred soap. So if you're going to the, go to the supermarket, the dumb next time, CEO listens to the pod. So it was and we're not even talking on. Irish Springs. Not even Dove. Honestly, we're going full on artisan farmers market 
all natural goat milk and all the other shit, natural ingredients. Yeah, we're not clogging up any pores. We are not getting cancer from body wash. God damn, I can't even say the word. It's a, like toxic coming out of my mouth. All right, 74 minutes we're at. I'm going to have to cut a lot of this shit out. All right. Rivederci, Rivederci, fuck Trump, you know the word. Come on, boy. <laughs>